Welcome to that 80s show and uh, I am sitting in a state of shock. Firstly, I'm sitting in a state of being with Dory. <laughs> in the same room. In the same room. It hasn't happened since Christmas and I suppose we're heading towards Easter. Yes. So it's only a holiday thing that we do. The next reason I'm in a state of shock, if you're listening on the podcast, you won't have heard that. We opened the song, opened the show with a song, Turning Japanese by the Vapors. And Dory's going, what song is this? I've never... For, no, it was familiar. I just couldn't remember who sang it, but it was familiar. Look, it's not a song I know very well. I, I've heard it before, right? but it's not like in my arsenal of 80s classics from my experience of growing up in the 80s. Okay. Somehow it missed me. I don't know why. What year was it? Uh, it was, give me a second, 19, was 1980s. It was the 1980s. Yes, obviously. Um... I'm going to guess, just from the, the sound, that it was probably er before 85. It's got a, an early 80s sound. It doesn't have an early... Why can I not find it yet? Because I've got an article about it. I've been holding that song for weeks, right? It keeps getting bumped off the running order. Yeah. So the Vapors telling the story about how that song came, came about. So the Vapors, the lead singer was a lawyer, right? Dave Fenton. Okay. Leads, so he starts out as a lawyer but loves punk. Mm. Punk's kind of happening at the same time, so that's why you're right. Probably early 80s. And um, he, you know, they kind of had a punk band, played for like two people, you know, and he, like a couple of people ever heard them, just like the show. <laughs> and somehow through, you would have known this this name, the punk band The Jam. Yes. Okay. So The Jam kind of like, you're these guys and go, okay, we're going to put you on a bill with us. You're going to play with us. And things start spiraling from there. So... One night, the, the writer, so D Dave Fenton, he's sleeping and he has a dream. And in his dream, he keeps hearing the words, I'm turning Japanese, I'm turning Japanese. <laughs> weird. I, weird, right? He wakes up, writes it down, and he goes, okay, that's a great lyric. Next day, still makes sense, and he carries on writing the rest of the song. So it's actually a love letter, so he claims. Okay. You were saying it's a very un-PC song. Well, just judging from the title. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't paying very close attention to the lyrics. No, I mean, the lyrics, I heard it was about masturbation. Ooh. But nothing ever comes up. 1980. Okay. Cusping. Cusping. I never, yes. thought, I never realized it was that early. Yeah, I, I would have guessed 82, actually. Huh. So not bad. Okay. Not bad. Never realized it that early. Mm. So it, he was fascinated with Japanese culture at the time, mm. writes the song, becomes a massive hit, and it's about this guy um, who's totally in love with a woman, keeps writing love letters to her, and he feels like his bedroom is becoming a prison. So some of the lyrics are about that. Okay. It's about prison being locked up, and it's quite a macabre song, but a lot of fun. And he's pining over this photo of his ex-girlfriend. Uh, he drew on his own experiences of being dumped. The song becomes a massive hit, but their only hit, The Vapors. Right. Which the, I love this quote. They say, don't you feel that the song has been an albatross around your neck because that's all people ever know of you? And he said, I'd rather be a one-hit wonder than a no-hit wonder. True words spoken. Right. Those. I mean, you only, need a, you only need to be a one-hit wonder, especially from the 80s. That's all you needed to be set for life if you did it right. And especially around. So in the 80s, we had Turning Japanese there was Kung Fu fighting because mm -hmm. the beginning of that song's also got that little ding, 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 the little oriental <laughs> yeah. chime. There was Big in Japan, mm -hmm. right? So the 80s are like, they're fascinated with the East. Mm. The whole East was opening up. 
one-hit wonders. But that's the thing. Don't do a song about Japan. Yeah. You'll be a one-hit wonder. Mm. So did they not have any other hits? Well, they had other songs, but they never had other hits. Because mm. of Vapors. Yeah. I mean. They vaporized. They <laughs> vaporized. There is another song. There is another band called The Vapors, right? Okay. So they're a Brazilian band, and they have a song. Oh, I'm going to pull it out in the show one day because it is from the 80s, right? Okay. It's played at all the Portuguese weddings when the bride and groom leave. Okay. It's the last song played at all the Portuguese weddings. It's called Boa Sorte. It means good luck. Okay. And it's just this like anthemic, traditional old song. And they're also called The Vapors, right? From Brazil. So confusion there. When I'm going to play that song. No, I'm, but, I'm sure you don't need much of an excuse to play, you know, uh, you know Portuguese uh, disco. But then I have to leave <laughs> so that, with my bride. We'll, we'll end the show with it then. Okay. Yeah. No, no, we're doing ending the show today with Simply Red yes, is your no, not, request. Not today, another no. time. You did yes. a Simply Red rabbit hole. I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So remember I've told you before there's the there's a an 80s version of Wordle called Hurdle. Yeah. Hurdle 80s. Yeah. Poor guy. I see him on Twitter every day. There's like something wrong with his server, crashes server, songs don't play in certain countries. Well, I mean, 90% of the songs are not available mm. here because he works through SoundCloud. Mm. And for some reason, SoundCloud the majority sucks. of songs are just not available on SoundCloud in South Africa. So Let's take a moment the there. Have you ever tried SoundCloud? Yes. It's horrible. It is the most complicated, unless you're a bedroom techno <laughs> DJ. Like there is no use of SoundCloud. I mean, my husband uses SoundCloud, so that that explains that he is a bedroom techno DJ, kind right. of. It's kind it's of. it's just for musos. <laughs> yes, right? no, absolutely, like absolute musos. Yeah, yeah. So he loves it, but yeah, I can't bear it. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, download the app; it works better." No, it no, doesn't. No, I tried that; does it not. does not, and it breaks Wordle. <laughs> yeah, so Hurdle. So yeah, so Hurdle doesn't work most of the time, but I always, if if the song is not available on it, it gives you a little link to say, "Here was today's song." And I click last night, and there is Money's Too Tight to Mention by Simply Red. And I'm like, oh, I loved Simply Red so much. Not so much now, but I loved them in the day, especially those first two albums. Those first two, before he became Mick Hucknall with the hair. Dick Fucknell is that? That's what I call it. Exactly. Before he became the ass. Yeah. When he was still simple and his hair was shorter and he was talking about money struggles and he wasn't sleeping with every single woman who he met. Mm. Although by the second album, a lot more of the songs are about sex than money. Right. The first album is all about struggle and money and, you know, all that. Changes the, the meaning album, of money's too tight to mention. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, obviously, they exploded. He got rich overnight and got all the women. Mm -hmm. So the second album is a lot more. But I was, I was like, okay, I don't like Spotify. I've said it before. Right. Don't like it. Okay, so you you don't like SoundCloud, don't like Spotify. No. You, I mean, you're like me, cassettes and vinyls. <laughs> like, screw streaming. I, I actually like YouTube the most to listen to music. Yeah. I do not have YouTube Premium, though. So if I'm listening to... No one does. No, I'm going I'm going to get it. We're on YouTube. We're, we're going to be on YouTube, this podcast as well. Yes, yes, we yeah. are. So because I've, YouTube is now the place to be. YouTube's the place to be. So I've put, I've been putting all our shows yeah. or... AI or something has been putting all our shows on YouTube. <laughs> yes. And now it's being set up as a podcast channel and we're going to be on YouTube Music soon. Yes. Yeah. So get so us if, there if, as if well. like me, that is your preferred yeah. place. No video. Like no video, thank God, for you guys. Yeah. Oh, you know. And how, there's only so much teased hair and oh. Lumo clothing one can handle in a day. I, I, I mean, Dory <laughs> commented on the size of my shoulder pads today, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, I am going to actually get YouTube Premium. 
because last night I realized I want to listen to music, but I also want to play a game on my phone. That's what I was in the mood to do. Okay. And you can't you do can't that. You can't do it. It's normal YouTube. With normal YouTube. Yeah. So, so I was forced to use mm. Spotify. And listen, you you know, YouTube owned by Google, the struggling little startup, we got to give them any helping hand. So, yep. I mean, you know, 50 rand. So they, they, they have succeeded. I'm gonna, okay, I'm you. gonna, I'm going to get YouTube. Premium. They got you. Also, because we are just, I mean, as a family, we are sick of the ads. We just, we're over them. No, no. We, we watch YouTube a lot as a family. Like often, especially. I mean, I've got a 15 year old. Oh, what do you think 15 year olds do? They watch YouTube, YouTube yeah. all. That's what they do. If they're not on TikTok or Instagram, they're on YouTube. And mine loves all these teenage YouTubers. Uh, yeah. Those I have people. to say, there's a couple that are not bad. I've been, I've been sucked in. By a couple of them yeah. who do entertaining videos. You get it. <sighs> you get it. I've been sucked in. So, so I'm like, okay, but then, but then we're watching and then there's an ad and then we watch and then there's another ad. So I'm like, okay, fine. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna buy it. We're going to just, we're going to pay the money so that we don't have to deal with this. But yes, yeah, so I got sucked into the Spotify Simply Red rabbit hole last night and remembered, oh my God, I was obsessed with these guys. Obsessed with them. Loved Simply Red so much. And I was like, I'm going to tell Paolo we have to play Simply Red on the show today. Okay, and so that's what I've done. That is a long throw forward towards the final song. The final song, Infidelity exactly. by Simply Red. Mm. I've said it before. Went to watch them in concert. It was kind of one of those. You know what? I'll give because you get different types of concerts. You yes. get the stadium gigs, and then you get the promotional record tours. Yes, which they get flown around. They're in a country for a day. They play like three songs from a new album. Then they play a back a, a back mm. catalog stuff. The concert's normally just over an hour. Mm. It's back up. It's like really cheaply done. Yeah, it's really really cheaply done, and they just in and out. And it was one of those for Simply Red. So I was also there. And I enjoyed it. Were you were you in the VIP because we were working for the radio station at the time? I was. That in was the only benefit. Circle. Okay, you see, I was in because that was the only benefit we had because they were one of my favorite bands. So I was like, right. I need to be in Golden Circle. But yeah, it was, it was what it was. Mm. It was the idea that I was watching Simply Red. By then, they were also into their newer stuff, which I didn't love so much. Yeah, they were promoting that particular album. You see, which was the, the long haired Dick Fucknell yeah. stage, yeah. and I was like, I'm over it. Okay. So, uh, dear um, Celeb Savant, no Simply Red uh, interview for you. Do not um, quote us. No, I won't say no. No. You won't say no. You won't, you won't I would still okay. speak to Dick Fucknell. Okay. So, we speak to Dick Fucknell. <laughs> 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 got to tell you a little peek behind the curtain, right? Mm. So, Dory and I are doing a show. Obviously, we're sitting across. We've got very nice microphones in front of us, as you can hear. Mm. But it distracts me that... The microphones are in the way. We normally I don't see you anyway when you record. Where I when we do the show, there's not much difference. No, weird. Anyway, so I do see your shoulder pads though, and your long locks. I mean, it's it is. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm sporting full Billy Ray Cyrus mullet, but scullet. <laughs> Nothing on the top, just the scullet part of it. Um, the other day, like you go down simply red rabbit holes. Mm. I wondered what Bronson Pinchot has been up to. Lately. Come on, you wonder that on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I know you. And <laughs> I, I actually do know what he's been up to. Uh, because they're remaking, or they're doing, is it a remake? No, they're doing a sequel to Beverly Hills Cop. Oh my God. Right? Beverly Hills Cop 4. Now, what, like 50 years later? It, it literally is, right? Because <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Axel Foley, mm. now has a daughter in her 40s, which computes. Yeah. Right? It's so weird. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm -hmm. I said it right, he's in it. Oh, love him. Um, judge Reinhold is back in it. Mm, still a judge, eh? Still a judge. 
not a Supreme Court justice <laughs> or anything like that yet. But the thing that bothers me, though, is that um, coming to America too sucked. Oh, it did. You know, I, I, I love Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy can do no wrong. Do you watch you guys or you people? I haven't. I haven't watched it. Is it worthy? It's Eddie Murphy. Yeah. It has its moments, but I'm saying coming to America 2 bothered me. It was terrible. Because coming to America 1, we still recommend it at the time. Rather yeah. watch coming to America 1. Absolutely. The best part of coming to America 2 was when they go back to coming to America 1. Exactly. And the scene now yeah. of where impregnates, <laughs> where, where, where the child comes from. So... I'm I have to say the last thing I probably appreciated Eddie Murphy in was Bowfinger. Speaking, I mean, Un- underrated. Bowfinger is one of the greatest movies ever made. Steve Martin, Lunatic. I mean, underrated, it is hilarious. Underrated comedy. Yes. So, Beverly Hills Cop Four. It's it. I mean, it keeps I don't getting delayed. Remind me because I don't remember. How was Beverly Hills Cop Three even? Yeah, listen, it was definitely cash grab then. You know. It was definitely cash grab. But so what, are we going to go suddenly up from there? We were prime 80s Eddie Murphy. The, what always worries me is um, delays, production delays, mm-hmm. reshoots. Because it was supposed to have been out in April already. April's next month, mm. right? Not, no sign of it in April. Mm-hmm. So you already know. You start getting a little bit cautious. However, yes. you've got to go, look, Eddie Murphy – he, he's due a massive one because Coming to America 2 wasn't great. Mm-mm. You People was fine. So on that trajectory. But, but, the biggest thing of Beverly Hills Cop was the soundtrack. Dun, dun, what dun, is dun, the dun, soundtrack going to be? They're definitely going to bring it back because it's going to be like a dubstep version. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know if I love that idea. But okay. I'll, I'll keep an open mind. But Bronson Pinchot. Yes, is in it. Balki Bartokamusi comes back. Yes. I'm going to remind you of his character. I vaguely remember his character. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this here okay. to vaguely remind you. I'm fine. My name is Serge, and how can I help you? Um, yeah, I'm looking for Miss Jenny Summers. It's very busy today. Maybe you give me your name? My name is Axel Foley. And uh, what is pertaining? I didn't understand what you said. Pertaining, what it's meaning, regarding. Oh, what's it regarding? I'm an old acquaintance of hers. Donay, one moment. Donay Brennan tell me Summers that uh, Mr. Ahmed Fali is here to no, see. Axel Foley. Axel. Ahmel, Ahwell. Axel. Fali is here to see her. These are old acquaintances. Donny, this is kind of disabled. It's I'm like sorry. the breast of a dog to scrub for the customer. It's not sexy, it's animal. No, it's not sexy at all. May I offer you something to drink? A wine, a cocktail, a, a espresso? No, I'm fine, thank you. Let me make it to myself right back there with a little lemon twist. It's good, you should try it. No, I'm, I'm fine. I see you look at this piece. Yeah, I was wondering how much something like this went for. $130,000. Get the fuck out of here! No, no, I cannot. It's serious because it's very important. Base. Have you ever sold one of these? Sell it yesterday to a collector. Get the fuck out of here! I'm serious. I said it myself. (laughs) Axel Foley, what on earth are you doing here? How you doing? So that is uh, um, Serge. (laughs) I love Serge. Serge is amazing. So he comes back and there are some on-set photos of Bronson Pinchot as Serge mm. 40 years later. Yeah. 
Okay, there's a little... Doesn't that scene feel completely ad lib to you? Oh, complete, totally. I mean, totally. They probably said go wild. Just, I mean, I'd love to see the outtakes of it. Oh my God. I mean, just prime Eddie Murphy and Bronson Pinchot just (laughs) ad libbing, right? Totally. So that's what he can't, so that's him now with a nice little blonde wig. And uh, he has got the most amazing floral pink (laughs) shirt. Okay, can you hear Serge is so over the top? He runs these. He runs a art gallery. Yes. White pants and black Birkenstocks. Bronson Pinchot has aged well, can we just say at this point? Do you know what? In the rabbit hole, the Bronson Pinchot rabbit hole, mm. um, I found out that over lockdown, he lost something like 30 kilos. Mm. So he's looking like, because he, he, he got he got large, mm. and then he's like looking good again. But um, he you're right, he did age well. I, I think you need more love for Bronson Pinchot. Mm. Right? I, I think he's due kind of one of those late career revivals. He's always been like a B-side character, like mm. a, you know, the sidekick, never the main guy. Yeah. yeah. He's our main guy. He's our main guy. I love I love him. He makes me so happy. I think we should interview him. I would do the dance of joy. <laughs> if <laughs> I would do the dance of joy. <laughs> oh, have we spoken about cocaine bear? Well, Paolo, that was my plan today. Okay, right. <laughs> Dora and I do movie recommendations every week. We do not know what the other one's going to recommend. I'm bringing all the SEO for you this week, Paolo. But by that, I assume <laughs> that this week you're going to talk to me about Cocaine Bear. I am. Right. I am. Why are we talking about Cocaine Bear? I'm going to hand it over to Dory. I've got some factoids of myself, which I'm sure oh, you're going to bring in. No, I, I have very few factoids. Okay. So you can bring them in. Cocaine Bear, let's go. Okay, I heard about Cocaine Bear because our friend, the char- the celeb savant, uh, the chart savant, celeb savant, Barrett, um, he goes to all the movie premieres. Now, and- I just want to point out on that. <laughs> right. I love movies. <laughs> I never get invited to those. No. Listen, no, they happen during you, the day. You don't get a plus one for these. This is a press thing. <sighs> it's not like you can bring a plus one to, we, these, pre- to these previews. Sorry, uh, and I'm not even talking shit. We have the number one 80s <laughs> related Show in Africa. In Africa. Oh, we'd simply not press. I mean, we could be. All right. But they certainly should have invited us to Cocaine Bear. Oh, it's set in the 80s. This I did not know. The Whitney Houston one we didn't get. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Hmm. Bugbear aside. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a good few weeks ago, Barrett saying, I'm going to a movie called Cocaine Bear. And I was like, that sounds horrendous. Curiosity I, got the better of I me. I thought it was a shock NATO thing. I, I mean, on, I thought it was worse than that. Even. Right. Curiosity got the better of me. And a couple of weeks ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to just like watch a trailer and see what the hell this thing is. Because there was lots of mumblings about it on social mm. media. I watched the trailer and went, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? No. That trailer would have convinced me. <laughs> exactly. This is way more your type of movie, right? Then I have a friend, a good friend, who who's re- who's – Taste our respect. And he's just immigrated to Ireland. And he posted on Facebook how he's found this little cinema in Dublin where you pay like a flat fee and you can go watch as many movies as you want in the month. And that's good because he's probably living in the cinema because if you know anything about Ireland, you ain't finding a house right now. <laughs> no, no, no. He's no, he's living in a lovely apartment. <laughs> oh, He's a be. lawyer. Oh. His wife's an engineer. Oh, you told me about these people. Yes, no, oh, they, yeah, they're they're they don't fall into in our Dublin. problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the oh. same time, because he is a lawyer in Ireland, mm. he needs to escape 
Mm, and he's yeah. trying not to be an alcoholic, which is very hard in our. Oh, in tell Ireland. me about it. Very hard. You can buy some beers at McDonald's. I mean, so, so I think he's like, okay, I'm going to go watch movies. And also, he co- he got into the Oscar buzz, and he was like, oh, I'm going to watch all these things. Mm. And he posted on Facebook the other day, I'm going to go watch Cocaine Bear. And I was like, I rolled my eyes. I literally rolled my eyes. He then followed that up with, this is movie of the year. Nothing will come close. It's great. It's the best. It's the best thing ever. So I was like, oh, okay, let me investigate further. That was when I realized that it was based on a true story set in 1985 with some great 80s tunes on the soundtrack and went, sold. That is my movie for this week. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, fine, I'm going to do it. I did not expect to enjoy this movie. I did enjoy this movie. (laughs) I did. I assume you attained this movie through the adult ways. Yes. Through the grown-up things that we do as grown-ups. Yes. First of all, Ray Liotta's final movie before he died. You got to. I mean. I mean. And what a way for. Peace, Ray. You know, listen, you're talking about a guy who's been in some of the most iconic yeah. cinema mm. films. Mm. And he signs out with Cocaine Bear. Fucking well done to him. Absolutely. And he's great in it. Mm. Everyone's great in it. This movie, I reckon, could have gone either way. This movie could have been the biggest flop. But there was a few things that saved it from being the biggest flop. First of all. It's Elizabeth Banks' directorial debut. And who doesn't love Elizabeth Banks? If you don't love Elizabeth Banks, are you even human? I know. I think I think we probably will fight in the parking lot. She is hilarious. I mean... She, is she in it? She's not in it. She's not in it, yeah. No. I was hoping she would be, actually, because I love her. Mm. But she's just... I now have a whole new way of thinking of who Elizabeth Banks is. Because she was always the ditzy blonde in the silly comedy. Yeah. Always. Yeah. She's now my favorite director. Of one film, which was well, Cocaine Bear. Well, so far. I mean, she's, she did a great job. She did a great job. Like I said, I did not expect to enjoy this movie. I knew the genre, which is like schlocky, horror, yeah. comedy. I knew it was going to be gory. But it was actually just, yes. It, I, and look, one of the reviews said, I laughed from start to finish. No, you will not laugh from start to finish. It's not like that. Maybe the but person was on cocaine. I mean, entirely possible. <laughs> You'd have to, I think you'd have to be. It has very funny moments. It's just enjoyable. The soundtrack, as we discussed, is a mix, actually, of some 70s, some 80s, notable songs. The Warrior by Scandal featuring Patti Smith. Great song. Amazing. The Jeff- Jefferson Starship song, which is actually over the opening credits, is actually from 1979. We'll still consider it an 80s song. You know what? Like- People were listening to it in the 80s. The thing is, I would like to claim Jefferson Starship. Yes. I feel it'd be a pity for to let like a few months, yeah, you know, exactly. rob us. And I mean, it was just, I mean, literally a few months later, there was Starship. So, well, a few years. But we'll, we'll let that slide. Jeffrey Osborne on the Wings of Love. Oh, my God. The cheesiest. I can only imagine the, the phenomenal scene that that's used in. It is so perfect. Have you not watched this movie? I haven't watched it. Oh, my God, you Today. You have to go watch this movie today. You are going to so love this movie. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'll, the I'll scene it. where Jeffrey Osborne on the Wings of Love plays, so perfect. So perfect. Berlin, no more words. You see, here's the thing, right? <laughs> Everyone knows Berlin, one song, take mm. my breath away. Last week, yes. introduced you to Berlin Masquerade. Yeah. 
Yes, another Berlin song. Exactly. Have we been sleeping on Berlin? No, I don't care. Dory, you got to give Berlin <laughs> the other songs a chance. Uh, I don't. I still not, don't love them. Not German. Mm. They're not German. I know. Depeche Mode just can't get enough. Also, in such a pivotal scene. Oh, it has to be. So good. And then, for the closing credits, a remake of White Lines. P- wow. Pusha T has done a remake of the. 1983 classic White Lines. For the and it is just so perfect. Oh my word. It guys, just just watch this movie. Go in with extremely low expectations though because you've pushed them up there though, though. <laughs> but I had very low expectations. I had low expectations, but I take your word for it. No, there's a few there's a few other So first okay, so it is set in 1985. It is based on a true story. In, I don't want to give too many spoilers, although I don't think you can give spoilers for this movie. I think it's impossible. No, no. But basically the the real thing that did happen was that in 1985, a man threw a whole bunch of bags of cocaine out of a plane that was traveling over like this wooded national mm. park area in Georgia. And then parachuted down, but his he, he screwed up and his parachute didn't open and he died. Right. And they then, found him lying. The article I got, yeah. September, September 11th, yes. 9-11, 1985, they found him in a, in a driveway in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, sorry, yes. Right. But, to, but, but it went, like, I mean, the plane was traveling. So, right, it, was so it was traveling. Tennessee and Georgia. It was right. all, like, no, all no, over but the place. No, no, but why Knoxville is funny, because isn't Johnny Knoxville in it? Uh, he is in it. He might be. Johnny Knoxville is in it. I co- don't know him personally. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville, the jackass guy. Yeah, I don't, I've don't. i never watched jackass. It he, might be him, though. He's in it. Johnny okay. Knoxville's in it. That's why I found that interesting. They found him, if this isn't the most 80s smuggler, narcos thing ever, Yeah. roughly 15 million worth of cocaine strapped to his body yeah. wearing Gucci loafers. <laughs> if you're not a narco in the 80s, that's like without Gucci I loafers. Mean, so funny. So that's the guy. Find him lying in the driveway. So- Another very subtle nod to the 80s, which I got, there was a great TV series called The Americans. I don't know if you ever watched it, which was basically about these two Russian spies Ooh, who were no. living in America in the 80s. Okay. They were Russian. They, 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 they were put together as a couple. They were sent to America. They were taught how to act American, and they had kids, and they lived an American life, but they were Russian spies. Great series, actually. The woman played by Kerry Russell. Oh, that's a new. Oh, it's a new show. Yeah, no, it's yeah, not yeah, new. yeah. Well, it's new, new wish. New wish. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. 80s. No, it wasn't I thought it was eighties. Yeah, no, yeah. not from the eighties. Yeah, because I know that. I think one. it came out in like the late nineties, early two thousand. I don't. I didn't pick up that. Though. I didn't pick up that was the story at all. Something I'm totally not interested in. Really good show. Okay. The the the, the, the wife Russell's played by Kerry Russell right. and the husband played by Matthew Reese, who is the parachutist in this movie. Ah, okay. Little nod. Little right. nod to the Americans. Yes. I might have been a coincidence, but I picked it up. Um, there. So <laughs> you haven't Russell, fin- you haven't finished telling this the real story. What happened? Yes, yes, yes. But I just so, want to mention Kerry Russell's okay. pink tracksuit. Oh, I've seen that in the trailer. I mean, I saw that in the trailer and still didn't really pick up how eighties it was. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't paying attention. It is the most beautiful eightiesness of the show. The true story. So the, the the things got thrown out, and then what happened in real life is weeks later they. Forest rangers or whatever, park rangers found a dead bear. Yeah. Whose stomach was full of cocaine. Yeah. But full. Yeah. He ate. No, how he much, ate it. How much did he eat? So much. A, a lot of it. So much of the cocaine. <laughs> More than Johnny Depp. That bear to this day has been taxidermied and is in a mall in Kentucky. 
I've got the picture, yeah. Have you seen the picture? I have seen the picture. It is outstanding. Do you have the factoid about how he has married people? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. married. <laughs> he they, they dress him up seasonally. Yeah. He has yeah. he with a Christmas hat. <laughs> <laughs> he is a famous taxidermied bear. He was known as, do you have his name? Uh, Pablo Escobar. Yes, that was a goddamn it. Why did I forget that? Why is he even written here? Why did I forget that? That's the best. Pablo Escobar. Pablo we could Escobar. not have come up with that. I mean, we could have. We could have. If they just given us a minute, we would have come up with it. Pablo Escobar. They f- uh, forty. They found forty open plastic containers with traces of camp- uh, cocaine. He ate forty plastic containers. So I assume maybe an ice cream tub size. I don't know. Because I, I mean, in the movie, it's like you know, wrapped in the brown paper with the tape, oh. kind of thing. Like you forty see. of those. Which would have been uh, so. What's it here? The Associated Press said um, the the autopsy three or four grams of cocaine in his bloodstream. Yes. Although three or four grams, although the bear would have consumed even more. Rumors have circulated the bear ate all forty containers, which would be about thirty five pounds. What is that? About seventeen kilograms. Something like that. Seventeen, yeah. eighteen kilograms of cocaine the bear ate. It just. I mean. Do bears not have taste buds? Cocaine is horribly bitter. It's a freaking bear. Don't bears eat its own shit? I don't know. I mean, but uh, they do. Animals eat their shit when they Anyway, so in the movie, it is imagined, and this is, and there's no proof that the bear actually killed anyone in real life. Well, well that's the thing, right? So, so if you watch the trailer, yeah. it's horror. the The bear takes cocaine. And it's just on cocaine. Mad. It's just on cocaine. It's imagine Motley Crue and Kiss and um, Bon Jovi weren't bad. No. Who else? I can't even think of 80s like disruptive bands. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. <laughs> like just going, right? Yeah. So that's how it imagines us. Yes. But in fact, the bear ate it. And died. died. Uh, you eat 18 kilograms of cocaine, you but, die. <laughs> but props to the writer of this movie because they went, but what if? But what if? And what if we had a narco bear? It's so funny. It's so funny. It's gory. It's funny. The whole, like, Ray Liotta storyline of this, like, drug boss yeah. who's trying to get his cocaine back. It's so funny. It really is. It's so entertaining. I mean, why I've not watched it yet, I don't know. Yeah. But because I was fascinated by this concept of a bear eating all this cocaine, then, of course, it had to be 80s because it was now the bear would have eaten Molly or... Op- opioids yeah. or whatever, right? I don't know what it means. Okay. Then I found out 80s, right? Then Ray Liotta. Now you tell me the soundtrack. Oh, it's yeah. like, why have I not watched this? Why have you not watched it? So I'm, I'm a poor I'm a poor person, Dory. It's okay. You, you have time to catch up. Poor moral fiber. Mm. And and you know what? It's like I've been watching drug shows because I'm watching this episode about narcos on on a Discovery or <laughs> National Geographic. So it's not like I'm not in the drug mindset. Or the I mean, drug show mindset to me. Yeah. Mom, it's a, I mean, be, drug show mindset. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a fan of Miami Vice, I appreciate all cocaine-related storylines. Mm. Mm. So, but it surprised me. It surprised me. Look, there are parts that are very gory. That okay. are, like, disturbingly gory. I've seen in trailers arms and things like that. Yeah, those yeah. aren't even so bad. Okay. Like, there's a scene that actually made me go, Ugh, which I won't share. Right. But just be prepared for that. And, yeah, it's not kid-friendly. Not a kid-friendly movie. Even though the kids in it are <laughs> hilarious. There are kids in it who are so funny. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to watch this. Uh, I'm all over the cocaine bear. Cannot mm. wait to see the reimagined songs. Cannot, cannot wait to hear them. Mm. 
And we're going to post up some photos of the real Pablo Escobar, um, him right now, <laughs> stuffed. Um, great recommendation, Dory. Ah, you're welcome. Great recommendation. My recommendation is, uh, but, but listen, support your local cinema. Mm. Go watch it at the cinema houses. Yes. Go watch the Bioscope. Support it. Um, that's the right thing to do. Elizabeth Banks, she needs to make bank. Mm. And then they'll give her money to make more movies. But like I said, this really could have gone either way. Yeah, I can imagine. it could have been, oh, my God, this is a pile of crap. Or this is great. But I think it is her that was part of it. It reminded me of, did you ever watch a really bizarre movie called Swiss Army Man? Yes. It's got yes. a, that vibe yeah. to it. Yeah. I'm thinking of all the merchandising possibilities. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Caramello Bears? Caramel snow bears mm-hmm. or caramel bears full of Coke. Hmm? Mm. Mm? Mm. It's worth a try, worth a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. Okay, my movie, I'm not going to spend, whatever we say, I'm not going to spend too much time on, mm. on my movie. Spend, spend a lot of time on yeah. Because um, a movie fascinated me by the casting of Burt Reynolds. We'd never done Burt Reynolds. Cannonball Run. I did a Cannonball I think Run. We, we can't say never. Yeah. We're just not often. Not often. But Burt Reynolds again, a guy more in the 70s. And Christopher Reeves. Now, Christopher hmm. Reeves is obviously super Christopher Reeve. Hmm. We don't think of him anybody more than Superman. Hmm. Right? You're such a yes. There's never been a better Superman. Never. Lots of people played Superman. No one's ever been a better Superman. Nope. This doesn't happen. He was Superman perfect. So they were in a movie together, 1988. Which is very late for Burt Reynolds. Mm. What? Yeah, he was more a 70s guy. Very late, 80s. You would get him 82, very late. Uh, And uh, also Kathleen Turner's in this movie as well. Okay. So it's based on a a play from the 20s called Front Page that they've made into a movie a couple of times. It's an iconic Broadway play and now being reimagined in movies, this was the first time they imagined it in network television setting. So, Kathleen Turner, award-winning news anchor in the 80s, and um, she now is uh, on the show, and it's produced by her ex-husband, Burt Reynolds. I know this movie. I have seen this movie. I cannot think what it's called, but I know this movie. Okay. Yes. So, he now, she's the ratings, she gets all the big, the big numbers, and there is a Murderer being um, mm. executed yes. at midnight that evening. He needs her to stay on. She's about to tell him, listen, I'm done with this. I'm leaving. I've met a guy, Christopher Reeve. Mm. He's a millionaire. So novel in the 80s, millionaire. <laughs> you know, it's like, what's a millionaire now? <laughs> you know, he's, he's just a millionaire. I'm not leaving my job for a millionaire. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's not really going to get us that far. Maybe mm. a nice holiday every now and again. So... She is saying, look, I'm done. I'm leaving news. I can't do it. I think where you'd relate, we relate. We've been in newsrooms mm-hmm. and where people are like, nothing but getting the story matters and yeah. no matter what. And Burt Reynolds is that. Yeah. He does not care if it bleeds, it leads. Mm. You're getting the story. I don't care what happens, right? Absolutely. So now he goes through all these ways to stop her from leaving so that she cannot cover the story because he knows she's really good. The story's fantastic. He knows its ratings. His career will skyrocket but he's got to keep her. And it's just 80s-based shenanigans of mm. how he's now trying to discredit Christopher Reeve, you know, from yeah. 
and showing like, oh, he's a wimp. You shouldn't marry him. Because, I mean, if you if you pitch it, this is this is with the premise, right? That Burt Reynolds is the tough guy because he's Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Reeve is this little like poncy millionaire. Yeah. In fantastic 80s suits. Mm. Oh, I've got to tell you. I think I remember the suit from the poster. Oh, it's, it's in the poster. Yeah. Underneath the poster, on the poster, is Switching Channels, which is the name of the movie. Right. Right, Switching Channels. I think I might have even seen this one on the big screen at the ooh. time. Ooh, yeah. ooh, then you would have seen Christopher Reeve's highlights. Yeah. Such fantastic. Cheekbones for days. Cheekbones for days. But the premise is you're trying to paint Superman mm. as a wimp. Yeah. It's like even as Clark Kent, he wasn't a wimp. No. You know, he was Superman. And they're trying like there's one pretty funny scene we try to put him in a lift. He's scared of heights. Need the whole thing. Rescue team come to get him. It was like, but that's Superman. He's obviously just Clark Kenting it now. Yeah. I mean, it's just an act. A pop out of it. So that's the movie, Switching Channels. Novelty, because it tries to paint Christopher Reeve. It makes, you, it makes you sad about what happened with Christopher Reeve. Yeah, I mean, that's just always sad. Because mm, he could really have been hmm. like, I mean, he did great work. Um, after the, the the accident, but oh, great he could loss. have been acting to this day yeah. with his silver fox oh, kind of looks. Huge. Although, can you imagine how many times I would have put him in DC Universe movies? Oh, that would have, that would have been horrible. Oh, he would have been in all the Superman well, shows. Well, hopefully he would have just said no. Oh, I hope he would have. Because mm. you know he would have been in all of those. Mm. You know that would have bought him cash grabs. But anyway, he would have been around. Mm. You know, you just look at uh, Dolph Lundgren, what he's doing. You know, the guy I mean, played? his nipples. Oh, God. You say Dolph Lundgren, and all I can see are the nipples. <sighs> yes, true. <laughs> true story. <laughs> so give it a watch. And it also made me imagine that, so the previous versions are always a similar story, but set in a newspaper. Set yeah. in a newspaper, yeah. right? And this was the first time they did TV. I imagine one set now either at like a BuzzFeed type place. Yeah. Right. Or like a unscrupulous podcast network. Mm. And then the lead story is like some spurless anti-vax claims. <laughs> like DTMF aliens or something. <laughs> Dwarfs. <laughs> just imagine, just imagine said like in Joe Rogan, you know, the Joe Rogan show. Mm. And they're like just going to, wow, that story is not true. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm leading with it. So that is my movie, Switching Channels. Quite frankly, I'm embarrassed to bring it to you. After Cocaine Bear. I won this week, that's for sure. I think you won this month. <laughs> I think you took all the things you took. As long as it'll make you watch the movie, that's what counts. I don't know why I didn't watch it. Hmm. I don't even know why I didn't watch it. So my movie switching channels, uh, it is, the full movie is on YouTube. Is it? Full movie is. Put a, it on de- a decent version? A v- a VHS version. Oh, okay. Authentic. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. I was going to be with the bad sound and everything. All of it. So that's it. So put it on in the background. It fascinates me how they do that. <laughs> so you've got the technology to get a VHS quality on YouTube, but you don't, couldn't make it look better. <laughs> All right. I suppose they're not digital they're remasters. Not they're, yeah. they're just not exactly. trying. They're just like, let's put it on. I know. It's like they called it in. Like I called in this week's movie recommendation. <laughs> it's fair. I've been calling it in for a bit. So okay. you, you were due. I was due. Bert Reynolds, I hoped, I hoped he would do right by me. Mm. But now I just feel let down by him. The moustache failed. And that's, that's disappointing for me. <laughs> that's very disappointing for me. Um, so since I'm going to be on the internet 
um, looking for cocaine bear, like on a like somewhere where I can pay for it. Of course, obviously, you know, we're googling. Yes. Can I pay for this? Hire it? Can I rent it? Is it out yet? Can I? You know, I'm gonna f- find a. There seems to be a lot of them. Makes me suspicious. Another George Michael documentary. Really? But there is another George Michael documentary. Huh. Right? It seems there's a lot. I'm going to tell you something interesting. When I was on the Spotify rabbit hole with Simply Red last night, you know it eventually stops playing Simply Red and is like, oh, if you like Simply Red, you'll probably like this. How, well, how do you feel about that? I hate it. That's why I don't <laughs> listen to Spotify. Do you I ever... know what I want to listen to. Don't tell me what to listen to. No, look, if I I'm in a mood. I think it's an age thing, though. If I'm in a mood to discover new music, then it's great. But how often? Oh, but you do that. You do like new music. I hate it. I, to, to Spotify's credit, last night, when it did leave Simply Red behind, it did play a George Michael song. I cannot remember which one. It was one of his solo songs, which was very pleasant. And then it played Blue Eyes by Elton John, which mm. is a song I haven't heard in decades. And I was like, oh my God, I okay. love this song. So to its credit, it okay. stayed in the 80s, 90s type place. But yeah, that's why I don't like Spotify because I'm like, I know what I want to listen to. Don't make me listen to something else. And then it brings up the ad because I don't have Spotify. No, right. Oh, well, if you want to listen to only Simply Red, all you have to do is pay. Like, no, screw no. you. Not going to happen. I'm going to pay for YouTube though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or what if YouTube donated a year's worth of free listening to you as a test pilot? Hmm. As a pilot to test. <laughs> you're not testing, you're not flying. Okay, anyway. Okay, where is this George? What is this George Michael documentary? So it's another George Michael documentary because. You know, I got the Google alert. You can imagine, of course. <sighs> Bronson Pinchot, Bronson. George Michael. <laughs> you know, um, um, I never know what to make <laughs> of Kenny Goss because mm. it always feels like a cash grab from him. Yeah, ex lover of George Michael. Yeah, shame. Was he? Was he? I mean, maybe they had something real at one point. You don't. You don't know. You went there. Kenny seems to. Yeah, trying to capitalize. It's, it always feels like that to me. Is he related to the Bross Boys? No, he's not. Just checking. Is he? <laughs> I don't know. Could be. Um, so he's George Michael's uh, ex-lover. He pops up. So this is where like, I get a Kenny Goss mm. alert. Like, oh, okay, what's going on? So there is a new documentary, George Michael. It is called. It's been on Channel Four, and it is George Michael outed. Hmm. Right, two episodes. Um, I'm going to pull it up here. Oh, no, no, that's not the one. So, anyway, George Michael outed. It is the story that pick, it picks up the story during outside, during the whole George Michael going into the bathroom yeah. dude act phase. Right. And what it's really about is how something like a celebrity being coming out was treated not that long ago. I mean, that's an interesting angle. I'll I'll hand it to him. Mm. It is. So he's not. This is not his documentary, right? Okay. Okay. Um, it's actually made by George's cousin. Okay. Yeah. Um, Andros Georgiou. Okay. So he's actually behind the documentary, and uh, talks just about you know just how the whole how George acted behind the scenes, whatever. But yeah, so the whole angle is. I mean, this was 1998. And just that really isn't longer. No, not not at all. If you think about the past twenty years, you know how what a non-event it is sure. for a celebrity to come out, and how it was still. So I mean, there's a couple of things here. 
is that, I mean, look, the thing about George Michael being gay, we've always made the joke. Like, everybody knew about it. They even make one thing here. They go, of course, in the 80s, George Michael went into a nightclub wearing espadrilles and three-quarter pants. I was like, oh, I sometimes wear espadrilles and three, especially when I'm feeling I mean, jaunty didn't, on didn't holiday. did Andrew Ridgely also? Right? Is that, what, is that what made you gay in the 80s? I mean, like nothing when, made you gay in the 80s. Everyone, all the boys were wearing eyeliner, eyeliner. If I'm feeling jaunty on holiday, I'll wear espadrilles in three quarters. Exactly. I mean, espadrilles. No, I think it was just different back then. Just different. I mean, just different. So, I mean, okay, listen, they don't, they talk about the Daily Mail, uh, how they, but the Daily Mail's trash, Mm. uh, even though I've probably referenced them about three times. You have. (laughs) They say, um, outing people in the public sphere became a national blood sport. I do remember that. The UK tabloids were vicious about it. Even things like one of the headlines was, zip me up before you go-go. Wow. Funny. <laughs> funny. I mean, I suppose it's, if pretty, we'd come up with that, we would have been very proud of ourselves. That's pretty good. It's mm. probably I'm probably going to use it in the in the, the the title of this week's episode. Okay, no, I'm going to use that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I really like that kind of angle. I haven't seen it yet. They say it's this really nice jump around of it jumps between kind of what was the present day then, mm. and then it jumps back to the 80s. Um, so they say it's like very quick paced. Yeah, uh, uh, quite wild. Um, and then just kind of gets into George Michael from his cousin's point of view of his cousin saying like, George wasn't ashamed by it. He called everyone to the house. He said, mm. listen, this is what's happened. Mm. It's going to be everyone a shit show. Everyone in his circles knew. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. I think there was obviously just a fear of what it would do to his public persona, to his record sales, because it was, it was still such a stigma back then, which but is it, crazy. But at this time, he was already stratospheric. So Absolutely. I can understand. And anybody would have seen his live shows. Were they even like going, oh, what a straight man. But I mean, <laughs> it was so weird because, okay, I can understand to a degree in the 80s where his core demographic was young girls. It's like, okay. Probably, yeah. You can't now have this guy who they're putting posters like, you can't do that. Even though... I mean, there would have been just as many young boys who would have like... Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> you probably would have made up for the, the girls who go, well, I'm not interested. The mm. boys would have taken over, right? Um, so, because by the 90s, even when the whole story blew up, again, it was going, yeah, so well, so what? Like, I think maybe it was just, it was scandalous because of how he was outed. Yeah. If it had just been, okay, I'm dating a man now, everyone would have gone, yeah, okay, whatever. But because mm. it was a, an arrest in a public bathroom. By a policeman. By, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, the whole thing was just scandalous just because of how it happened. Did the story ever come out that w- the policeman, was he really undercover? I mean, oh. or was he also just caught with his pants down, literally? I mean, <laughs> you no, know. I don't get into it. So anyway, that is. Think, but imagine he was. Imagine, imagine he was assigned. He was assigned. You're going to catch George Michael. And he's like. Okay, that is what I'm doing today for work. Would, I mean, were you assigned? It's George Michael. You just assigned. This is what happens in this park. You're going to sure catch you over. Weird coincidence that it was him. I mean, they were just looking for people who were breaking the law, and it just happened to be George Michael. At what they point? They were like, targeting him, right? At what point do you see it's George Michael and go, eh, "I'll arrest him in a minute. <laughs> Let's just see where this goes." <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm. If it was somebody else, you're kind of going arrested. Yeah. It's George Michael. Like, I'm not gay, but that's George, George Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might have been gay. 
Could have been. Yeah. If you're the cop taking up that beat, I yeah. mean, you're not, you know, cops are supposed yeah. to be much of guys. Mm. Uh, so I imagine, but who knows? Listen, we're being scandalous <laughs> we about <are>. said policemen. <laughs> uh, so that is George Michael outed. Um, you can find it uh, wherever the pirates dock their goods in the bay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> a documentary we did find. Did you watch it? I know you didn't watch it. About what? the Hacienda nightclub. No. So I always thought the Hacienda nightclub was a 90s thing. Because mid-90s I started getting into house music and the whole culture around house music – and this music scene in Manchester was just blowing up, right? Mm. And Manchester United were kind of the team and their players were kind of the players. So, and there was this kind of early crossover of uh, celebrity and soccer was the first time you sort of saw it happening in this house music. And people heard about the Hacienda nightclub. And it was around about the time we started going out to places and, 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 and clubs and that. And every place tried to model themselves on the Hacienda. Okay. Or clubs like that. Try to like have this industrial look, mm. right? And that was the look in clubs at the time. You know, 80s, everything, yeah. carpeted walls, velour <laughs> everywhere, right? The bright colors. Bright. 90s, mm. make it look like a warehouse. Spend mm. a lot of money. To make it look like or a shitty warehouse. some of the places we went, spend no money, electrocute a few people. I went so to you pr- went to the fridge in Pretoria? There were. <laughs> I mean, Dory, you remember like the doors and places like that. <laughs> there were there was nothing wrong with the doors. Electric cables lying yeah. in puddles. <laughs> These were not safe places. I remember going to a a rave at the Rosebank fire station. <laughs> okay. We were not supposed to be there. I'm sure not. It was not safe. <laughs> okay, but anyway. Mm. So I always thought Hacienda was like a nineties thing. It was an eighties thing. Okay. I watched this documentary about the Hacienda. Um, the Hacienda, the club that shook the world. And it started in the 80s, right? About to blow your mind, it was started by the remaining members of Joy Division. Huh. So obviously, you know, Joy Division start, Love Will Tear You Apart, the lead singer died. Mm. And then they reformed as New Order. Yes. The record company said, well, we need, we got this new emerging scene. Let's put the money you made from Joy Division mm. and kind of the money starting to make his new order, the money we have, and let's open a club mm. where we can play our artists. It's a clever idea, mm. right? And it first becomes this like emerging 80s, just cool club in Manchester. It's kind of like all at the same time. Um, Madonna performed there. Mm. She came, like she was nobody. Yeah, She comes over to the UK. They book her. They say this girl is going to be huge. Mm. She comes, performs one song. She performed Holiday. That was it. What the, they wow. got footage. In the documentary, they got young Madonna. Okay. I mean, it's so weird. Like, nobody knew. They're like, oh, yeah, we could definitely see she had something. Yeah. Okay. So she performs. And then it kind of goes from then. Then there was like a little bit of a stagnation. Then it kind of revives itself as, as like a kind of a, a gay club. Mm. Then it kind of revives itself as the leading place in the UK for house music. And then that's kind of when it went on from there, tied in with the drug scene. And then it kind of went there. But even guys like um, Noel Gallagher from Oasis. Yeah. He used to go there, right? right? From Manchester. That's where all the cool people went. 
So it's a really cool story. You get to see all the remaining members of New Order mm-hmm. who still perform to this day. Yes. Yeah, still perform to this day. Um, well, the ones that talk to each other. Yes. Because they, they had a big fallout. So I think they kind of made a new New Order. Right. Old New Order, New New Order. <laughs> new New Order, yeah. But some of the songs on the soundtrack, you spoke about soundtrack. So it's just cool because it just pops out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Some, you know, documentary. Um, obviously, lots of um, New Order and Joy Division songs. Uh, Soft Cell pops up in there. Happy Mondays. Uh, Talking Heads. The Jam. Madonna Holiday. Donna Summer. Tears for Fears. Black Box. Wow. Stone Roses. I was going to say, if Stone Roses aren't in there, then I don't know what. Oh, Stone Roses aren't in there. They were huge. And they all performed there. Yeah. They all performed there. Happy Mondays, Stone Roses. I remember that whole scene. Yeah, yeah. that whole, and that's what it's, so if you like that. Yeah. And then you kind of go, hey, I also liked like the beginning of house music in the, in the, in the early nineties. You got to watch this documentary. We'll put the link. It's on YouTube. I will watch it. What's it called? Hacienda? Hacienda, the club that shook the world. Okay. It's kind of was made of 40 years kind of anniversary of its mm. opening. So it's a couple of years old, but still good. Uh, got Fatboy Slims in it. He's the one who actually tells about, talks about Madonna. He was just a, cl- a DJ yeah. there. They said Madonna played, played the same night. He's like, yeah, we could definitely see Fatboy Slim. It's so <laughs> weird. Right? But you were nobody. Yeah. Like to think that Noel Gallagher used to go there and nobody paid attention to him. Yeah. You know, he said he used to like sitting here. So he, Noel Gallagher supports Manchester City, who are the big rivals of Manchester United. He said he used to see the Manchester United players there. Like, I hated it. Like, is like, Noel the one who gets drunk and disorderly? No, he is. Bo- well, both of them. Both of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they also don't talk to each other? I don't know. Uh, who knows Oasis? Eh. Yeah. Only yeah. like one song. Yeah, they're Tom. What song is that? Which one? Which one does everyone love? Wonderwall. Wonderwall. No. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that's been that 80s show. Uh, Dory, it's been fantastic being in the studio again. Yes. Um, because just f- because I know there's not going to be technical difficulties, <laughs> which sometimes behind the curtains of that 80s show, when you play Blue Monday by New Order, which is the full seven-minute version, you know there's been a technical difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a great song, so just enjoy it. It's a great song, so you know that. So we are, as we teased earlier, going to play out with Simply Red, uh, Dick Fucknell. Um, <laughs> some, yeah, somewhere. That's, that is what it is. Uh, everything we've spoken about on the show today, Cocaine Bear mm. will be on that 80s show essay Facebook, latest from Bronson, Bronson Pinchot. Mm. I can't wait to watch that. Anything that you learned from today's show that you're going to take forward with you in the week, Dory? Well, I'm definitely, I mean, I didn't know that there's a new George Michael Docky. I will... Endeavor to watch that. I will endeavor to watch the Hacienda. I learned that you have not yet watched Cocaine Bear, which still amazes me. That's it. 20 minutes later. And I've been watching drug stuff this week. (laughs) So hopefully next week you will report back on Cocaine Bear. That's on me. Yes. That's on me. What about you? Did you learn anything? Listen, I learned that I should watch Cocaine Bear. Yes. Pablo Escobar is waiting for you. Fuck. (laughs) I mean, if I ever came up with a pun like Pablo Escobar... You'd be done. Wrap me in tinfoil and <laughs> put me in the fridge. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Dory. Goodbye. Bye.